Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to the Hoopball Nets Podcast. So... We are officially on iTunes. You can find us if you go on iTunes and just look up hoop, hoop-ball.com or you look up Hoopball Nets. Either way, it'll show up. We ask that you subscribe to us if you have an iPhone. If not, we're also on Stitcher, so feel free to leave a review on Stitcher. Feel free to leave a review on iTunes as well. Preferably five stars. If you have any constructive criticism for us, we'll gladly take it since we're new at this. We're reading all reviews on the podcast, so if you want to hear your if you want to hear your review read on the podcast, then make sure to leave one. But uh, yeah, let's get into the games. So in this podcast, we're kind of going to be covering the Pistons game, the Pistons OT game, and their most recent game to the Rockets. Uh, for the Pistons, they won in OT. They, the Pistons were 4-3 when the Nets played them, and they're currently on the decline. The two teams actually tied in the turnover battle, which doesn't usually happen for the Nets because they usually lose it. But they tied in this game 16-16. And the Nets also managed to have more assists as a team out assisting them, 26-16. Uh, the most impressive thing that they actually had was more offensive rebounds, 18-14. to uh, That's impressive because the Pistons do have Andre Drummond, one of the league's best rebounders, period. The Pistons shot 41.9% from the field and 32.4% from the three-point line, while the Nets shot 42.6% from the field and 31.6% from the three-point line. After being rebounded by the Knicks in their most in their previous game, Kenny Atkinson told his guards that they need to crash the boards more often, and in this game, they alone had 18 rebounds. Them beating the Pistons is a good sign, being that they lost them in the first game of the season. And Hollis Jefferson being back for this one while he was out the first one could have definitely had an impact, as he also had seven rebounds and contributed to the rebound battle. But Ed Davis led the team in rebounds, did his job. He double-doubled. With 10 and 10. With he always has 10 and 10. Like yep. it's, that's like the second In time In 18 the minutes, 4 6 shooting, 5 fouls. It was what they got him Wait, for. Wait, he had 5 fouls in how many minutes? 18 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do when you're guarding Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. But this was, this was one of the better games for the Nets this season. And they won this game despite going back to their horrible shooting from the three-point line. They had a good streak of shooting over 40% from three, even games they were losing close, scoring a lot. This game, the threes were just not falling. Like D'Angelo Russell was 0 for 6. Karis LeVert was oh, 1 for 5. Even, don't even talk Jared about Jared Dudley was 1 for 6. We'll get to them. Uh, Alan Crabb was 1 for 4. No one was really hitting except old reliable Joe, Joe Harris. Harris. And Spencer <laughs> Dinwiddie was also 5 for 9 from 3. 
Uh, moving on to the box score, we're going to start with the Pistons. Andre Drummond, he had 24 and 23 on 8 of 14, shooting in 37 minutes. He went 8 of 10 from the free throw line and is currently shooting 59.5%. So he's a 60% free throw shooter. The man has no weakness anymore. He, he's attempting some threes. He can make free throws now. He, the only, his only weakness is Joel Embiid. Literally, literally. And the, the 60% is lower than he shot last season, but still better than he shot two years ago. And it's it's a decent average for someone like Andre Drummond. Uh, Blake Griffin had 25-9-4. and four. He shot four three-pointers. He made four three-pointers and shot 8-18 eight of 18 in 41 minutes. He's been their most consistent player. Easily. He's having a He's great their year. best player easily. Not even close. And then Reggie Jackson had 21 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists on 8 of 23 shooting. Oh, what a Reggie Jackson line. Inefficient, a lot of shots, 20 points. But, like, this this is good from the Nets. They actually held a guard to below 50% shooting, which is shocking because, they, like, they usually get lit up I by I mean, guards. it was Reggie Jackson, an True. inefficient monster, True. but... True. Uh, the Pistons, the, the Reggie Jackson, Blake Griffin, and Andre Drummond were the only three players to score above ten on the entire uh, Pistons team. Moving on to the Nets, all reliable. Joe Harris, twenty three points and five rebounds with four triples on eight of fourteen shooting in forty minutes. Joe Harris plays an team high forty one minutes. He plays to an be insane exact. amount of minutes, and he just continues to because produce because he plays defense. He hustles. He's efficient. He's he does a lot for them. And he was low-key one of the best is, re-signings of the offseason. It is going to be tough when Damari Carroll comes back, what they do. There's no way. That, if he's playing like this, there's no way they can keep him out of the line. But Damari Carroll's not a bench player. He wasn't. I mean, he wasn't last year, but he might have he to be. He wasn't with the Raptors He either. might have yeah. to be now. He wasn't with the Hawks. True. We'll see. It'll be interesting. Jared Dudley had 11 points. He was one of six from the three-point line, but the one three-pointer he hit, he hit with 20 seconds left in overtime. I still have no clue why Kenny Atkinson continues to play Jared Dudley. I don't, I don't care what Who, anyone tells me. Who, in this game, played 38 minutes. That's what I'm saying. Why? To Hollis Jefferson's 25. I don't get it. What is he giving you? Hollis <sighs> Jefferson had nearly the same stat line in 13 less minutes. That's what so. I'm saying. Like, well, well, What's the point? Jared Allen, he had 14 and 9 in only 21 minutes. Over the past four, and Allen's minutes have been a little iffy. Over the past four games, he's only averaging 24.4 minutes. He's Atkinson's short leash with D'Lo extends to Jared Allen. The players he lets free reign are clearly Jared Dudley, Joe Harris, Joe and Karis LeVert. Jared Dudley has more free reign than Jared Allen, yeah. Karis LeVert finished with nine. Wait, to be fair, Jared Allen did foul out. In 21 minutes. So, he might have played more if he didn't foul out so fast, but he must have been in foul trouble the entire time. I mean, Andre, I mean, Andre Drummond didn't take 10 free throws, so. Yeah. Karras Levert had 19.6 rebounds and 6 assists on 7 of 16 shooting in 39 minutes. This was just a solid game for him. Yeah, it nothing was, crazy. Something light for Karras Over Levert. 40% shooting, 39 minutes, like a 25-5 and five type of line. It's just... What he's been doing all year, that's his average. Speaking of 25 and 5, Spencer Dinwiddie had 25 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, and 5 triples on 8 of 15 shooting. He was by far the Nets' best player And this he game. outplayed D'Lo and earned the okay. minutes down the stretch, right. as he should. On D'Lo, he had 6 points, 2 rebounds, and 6 assists. He was 0 of 6 from behind the arc, and he was 3 of 15 from the field as a Magnificent whole. game for the franchise <laughs> cornerstone, as you can see. Ah, okay, let him, let him rock. Hold on. 
So to just speak about the game itself, it of course went to OT. It's a great game to see the Nets win, especially since they're young. And the fact that they were able to close a game down the stretch, incredible. Uh, the step back itself from Dinwiddie was crazy. It was like right along the right corner. He could have easily stepped out of bounds, but he didn't. Step back three, easy. And I believe that a shot like that has proven you wrong. About what? Are you ready to admit that trading Dinwiddie is not the Nets' best option? Maybe right. keeping him as the sixth man. I mean, in his case contract. D'Lo plays this bad and he can take his spot in the lineup. I mean, we also have Shabazz Napier. Idea. Shabazz Napier <laughs> put up a fat one point in six minutes in this game. O of three shooting. I love how eager you were to tell me that. He but. did nothing in this game. So you think he's going to put up 25, 4, and 4 in 32 minutes? Since we're speaking about it, Spencer Dinwiddie's contract extend. His contract is eligible to be extended sometime in December. He stated that he wants to be a net. Do I think the Nets should keep Spencer Dinwiddie? If you can't, I, I don't think that they shouldn't explore trades for him. I, if you can, if the but Nets why can't, why trade him? What because he's not he's not that unique of a player. You don't think someone? There's like, nothing he does that you, that D'Lo can't believe, do. You do not believe that he is a player that a superstar would be attracted to play with and have. Some security off the bench for them. I, I think they can find a decent bench play. I can. I think they can find someone to replace Spencer Dinwiddie. He's, I do not. He's not anything so. special. He's good. He's fine. He's he adequate. Is one of the but best he's not bench scorers in the NBA. It's not like he does anything that D'Lo can't do. But he is one of the best bench scorers in the NBA. There's a ton of good bench. Do you think uh, LeBron? Do you think LeBron wanted to go to the Clippers to play with Lou Will? No, he was sixth man of the year. No one cared. No one cares that Spencer Dinwiddie's the best bench scorer in the league. But do you not realize that superstars want compliments around them typically? Yeah. They don't just want it to be all them. Yeah, and hopefully and, those and compliments and are D-Lo, D-Lo shooting 3 of 15 a great compliment for anybody? No, he's not. But Spencer he's Dinwiddie... done this consistently so far, so until he proves me wrong, okay, it's not like Spencer, It's not like Spencer right Dinwiddie's the most efficient player either. He's not. He's had some bad shooting performances too. Either way, do I? I'm not saying Spencer Dinwiddie's bad. That's you make me sound like I don't like Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't think Spencer Dinwiddie's bad, but do I? I don't think that if if they can't find anything on the trade market, then sure. Like, don't just give him away. But if he shouldn't be untouchable, sure, trade him. So, if are you, you trading to. a first round pick from 15 to 30 for Dinwiddie? Would I trade Spencer Dinwiddie for a a? A pick in the first round from 15 to 30. Outside the lottery. Yes. Why? That does nothing. That's a risk. That's a risk. That You cannot prove this the person from 15 I'm, to 30 I guarantee will you, give you value. I guarantee you. Okay, you right who now. says you have to draft somebody? I guarantee you the pick itself holds more value than Spencer Dinwiddie. So you're going to get the pick and flip the pick. That, yes. That, but then who are you going to include with that pick? <laughs> We don't know. I didn't exactly. think that far ahead yet. Exactly. You can you can include easy. Joe Harris for somebody. He has a pretty manageable contract. It's not like the Nets overpaid him. His but why are they cleaning house? This is their core. They don't need to clean. If your core is Joe Harris and Spencer Dinwiddie, then no one's coming but they anyway. Include that. It's the whole roster right now. Okay. The people you know is not their core is like. Jared All right, let's Dudley let's let's be Davis. honest. Let's be honest here. This Nets team isn't winning a championship. This net this Nets team right now is it attracting free? It, are Joe Harris and Spencer Dinwiddie attracting free agents? 
Not no. alone with D-Lo, D- and no, 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 D-Lo yes, and Karis Avert and Jared Allen are the three people attracting free agents. When they get here, they if if LeBron, let's say LeBron went to the Nets this offseason and didn't go to the Lakers, I guarantee you the same way people were like, oh, he'll say trade Kuzma, trade Hart. They eat LeBron would easily say, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, go and trade Joe Harris and Spencer Dinwiddie and get someone else. They don't. He doesn't. He would. The free agents wouldn't care about Joe Harrison, Spencer, Dinwiddie. They care about D'Lo, Levert, and Allen. I believe that you're wrong about D'Angelo Russell. I don't think people want to play with him right now. Mm-hmm. He has not proven that he's a good teammate right now. True. Can Karis Levert is is probably not the center of attention, but I mean he's shown that he's a good player. Okay. So bottom line, yes or no? Would you extend Spencer Dinwiddie's contract? If he wants a max, no, not no, not a max. I would, I would give him. See, I, I wouldn't extend him at this deadline to assure him that to make him keep playing well. No, because if we use that and then we can't afford the superstar we want True. in the off season, so then I would tell him, let's wait for the superstar. Then we'll and cut, if he really wants to be in Brooklyn we'll as bad as he losses, does. We'll cut our losses with people like Fareed and Dudley. Make sure you get your money and then finish off the roster. And I feel like Spencer Dinwiddie's the type of player that would take a pay cut to, to play with like a nice superstar. Yeah, I think he'd understand if they didn't extend him right away. Like He wouldn't be mad and demand a trade or anything. He's in a good situation for him right now. There's nowhere else he would produce better than with the Nets right now. Moving on to their game versus the Rockets. They lost to 119 to 111, and the Rockets didn't have James Harden. So, this was a game that the Nets really should have been able to take. They had a, set, a 63 to 56 lead at half, and then got outscored by 10 in the third quarter and could never really keep it up. The Rockets just got hot in the third quarter. And once again, a problem for the Nets that is really being overlooked is that they're coming out of the half really sluggish and not being able to keep up with teams out of the third quarter. I mean, out of halftime. Uh, They've really good thing about the Nets. They've really been toning down turnovers, as they only had ten in this game and sixteen in the last. That's twenty six in the last two games. There were games this season that they've had twenty six alone in a game. And if you look at their averages over the last week, like Dinwiddie and um, Lavert are only at one point seven over the last week. Joe Harris is at one. Like they're Even not. Even is only at like two. They're yeah. They're not giving up the ball as frequently as they were so obviously something is clicking maybe their chemistry is working out better as the season goes on which is a good sign now all they really need to work on is defense and rebounding and free throw shooting as other problems that would make them a playoff team they allowed the Rockies to block them 10 times compared to the four that they got and they got out rebounded 41 to 38 the Rockets shot 49.4% from the field, which was basically identical to the Nets. It was exactly identical to the Nets. And the Nets even shot better from the three-point line with 44.1% shooting. And this was a very, like I said before, this was a very winnable game for the Nets. They shot the same percentage. The pretty teams, Both teams pretty much shot 49%, and the Nets shot better from three. So why did they lose? Uh, in my opinion, I feel like... They, when Houston held the Nets scoreless on eight straight possessions and then went on a 9-0 run with less than two minutes remaining in the game, the Nets would have had to have played near-perfect basketball to come back from a deficit like that, and that's not something they were going to do. 
Um, they really got beat by four guys. It was basically Chris Paul, Eric Gordon, Clint Capella, Melo versus the Nets roster. They, they were the only players on the entire Rockets team to score more, 10 or more points, and each of them had at least 20. And only three other players scored. One I think had, Gerald Green had nine. Yeah, P.J. Tucker had five, and James Ennis had two. And James Ennis is their starter. And I believe a simple explanation for this loss is... Clint Capella destroyed Jared Allen so bad, had the best game of the season on his head. Jim almost had a like, triple-double. Just like Enos Cantor does to him, Jared Allen is clearly not working out on defense right now. He has to improve that because he's letting these big men eat him alive on the boards and score. And like it's Enos, just too Enos easy Cantor is an offensive-minded center, so okay. But Clint Capella is not an offensive-minded center. He catches lobs. He's more of a DeAndre Jordan-type build. He had 22 points, 13 rebounds, and 5 assists on 8 of 11 shooting. Eric Gordon had 21 points and not much else. Melo, I'll get to Melo last. Chris Paul. I have a lot to say about <laughs> Carmelo Anthony. Chris Paul had 32.7 rebounds and 11 assists on 13 of 27 shooting with five triples in 37 minutes. Chris Paul basically put the team on his back and was like, listen, we're not, we're not losing with, and, that hard, with or without Harden. And they let P.J. Tucker have 11 rebounds, five points on one of one shooting, lock them up. It was just all reliable P.J. Tucker for the Rockets. And now moving on to Carmelo Anthony. It, it, wait, before we go to Melo, I just want to say Eric Gordon and Chris Paul combining for 53 points is not surprising to me because the Nets have been getting lit up by guards all season. We've been saying this from the first very the very first podcast that if there's a guard playing the Nets, you might as well pencil them in for at least 20 points because the Nets guards cannot play defense. As much as we rag on... On some of these players and defense, one player we've never spoke bad about is the small forward position and all reliable Joe Harris <laughs> as as P.J. Tucker and James Ennis had seven combined. So whichever one he was guarding played bad, and that's typically how it is. The guards and the center or the big men light us up. The nice small forward has nothing, except for Kevin Durant because that's Kevin Durant. But now, now we can move on to uh, Melo. Do you so, want to take it? In a nice 12 shot attempts, this washed up, bench playing old man Clearly, Carmelo, he Anthony like Carmelo put up 6 of 9 from the three point line with a nice 28 points to be the second on the Rockets, third in the game in scoring. 9 of 12 shooting in 30 minutes. And I would just like to know how you let Carmelo Anthony at this time score 30 on your head. I do not an care efficient, an what efficient his name 30. is. That's the problem. It's not like he jacked up 40 shots and got 30. It was an, an efficient he 12 30. shots to get 28 points. That is just... You, no. It's, the Nets bench outscored them 39-37. to 37, But Melo... Had 28 alone out of the two players on the Rockets bench who scored and got more than 10 minutes. So they utilized the bench better than the Nets did in this game. They let Melo shoot 9 of 12 from the field. 75%. On the season, he's shooting 42.5%, which is top three lowest of his 15-year career. This is top three lowest in 15 years, and they let him go 9 of 12. (laughs) Like, I know everyone has a good game. 
but but it should not have been this good. They should have been able to stop him to some extent. Uh, moving on to the Nets, old reliable Joe Harris has another good game. 18 points, 2 rebounds, and 4 assists. He went a perfect 4-4 from the 3-point line. Jared Dudley played 23 minutes to Rod Hallis Jefferson's 19, and Dudley had 3 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 turnovers. 3-3-3, three, three, and three. good I line. don't understand why he's playing this. It has to be something in Kenny Atkinson. Like, I'd like to know why. Like, if there's a reason, fine. Let, just let us know. And once Am I again, missing something? Once again, similar stat line. Rondé Hollis had 5-5-3 five, five, and three in the last minute. So, I mean, it's not like he's outplaying him by an astronomical amount, but he's outplaying him and still playing less minutes. So, I mean, he should be playing more. Jared Allen had 10 points and 8 rebounds in 26 minutes. Spencer Dinwiddie had 12 points, 3 assists on 5 of 13 shooting. Karis LeVert, the Nets' best player, 29 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 4 triples on 10 of 17 shooting in 30 minutes. The man has almost scored 30 at least 3 times now. I think he scored 27, 28, and 29. 29 is his career high. He scored 27, 28, 29, not 30 yet. Aside from Joe Harris and Ed Davis, he's the only person to shoot over 50% in this game. Joe Harris was 7 of 9. That is ridiculous. He was 10 of 17, and Ed Davis was a perfect 3 of 3 for 6 and 5 in this one in 17 minutes. Ed Davis continues to put up the... The regular stat lines efficiently in his 17 to 20 minute range. So we've basically said all the important players on the Nets except one. Do you know who we're missing? Do you know who we haven't said yet? Take a guess. D'Angelo Russell. He had 12 points, 3 rebounds, and 3 assists on 5 of 14 shooting. He went 1 for 5 from behind the arc, which would make him 1 for... Mm. 11 in the last two games. Well, question. And 8 for 29 over the past two games. Question. Do you notice, do you notice something about his last two games? I uh, know. That is not it, a good sign. Me. That is not a good sign for players. When your shot attempts are more than the actual points you <laughs> score. And he did that twice. This game, 5 of 14 shots for 12 points. Not like he's making up for it by putting up nine rebounds and fifteen assists. He added three and three to the stat line. He he played twenty two minutes. He's getting pulled with good reason because he's playing like absolute garbage right now. I don't know what he's doing. He he has to improve or else he's going to get the leash permanently. D'Lo sat the final five minutes of the fourth as Kenny Atkinson went with Dinwiddie. After the game, they went with, like, D'Lo was asked why, if, if he was frustrated, and Atkinson was asked why he did it, and they both pretty much said they were going with the hot hand, but I personally don't understand that. Dinwiddie was 5 for 13, and D'Lo was 5 for 14, so how was Dinwiddie the hot hand? They basically had the same game. I don't, Dinwiddie had 12 and 3 on 5 of 13, D'Lo had 12 and 3 on 5 of 14. How was it the hot hand? I don't know. I feel like it was just tough, tough love towards D'Lo because he knows he can be much better. Well, must quickly add, there was a Shabazz Napier sighting for 16 minutes in this game. 11 points, three threes. Solid game for him off the bench. These should be the games that he has more often than the ones he had against the Pistons. 
Easily. He's a great bet. Like, he, when me and Hunter both agreed in the offseason when the Nets signed him that he was a great pickup for them. And that he should play. Like, he should play 15 to 20 minutes. He is a good role player. He'll put up the numbers if he has minutes. Even Kenny Anderson, a former Nets player, was frustrated with D'Lo not playing enough minutes. I feel like it's more common than not that, like, it's more common than not that Nets fans believe D'Lo should be in at the end of games. Like, because if it's nothing fun, for nothing more than experience. It's fun to watch him play. But he makes so many mistakes that it hurts them to keep him on the court. But in this game, him and Dinwiddie had identical stat lines. So why not keep him but on the court? eyeballing the game, Dinwiddie just had a better flow. They ha- ha- the- He had a better flow than D'Lo had while on the court. The Nets are not winning the chip. They're not making the playoffs, most likely. So why not just keep D'Lo out there? That's something I've never understood. Even with pl- playoff teams, non-playoff teams, why, if you know you're not making the playoffs, why not keep your, why not keep your uh, young players out there? So this was the sixth time in nine games the Nets allowed 115 or more points. Uh, their fifth straight, to be exact. Definitely didn't find out that stat on our own. Shout out to Anthony Puccio for finding that out. Uh, next up, they have the Sixers on Sunday. The Sixers are currently, what, 6-3, six 6-4, and, six and, and they're on a two-game win streak. Joel Embiid is undoubtedly gonna light up Jared Allen easily. He's with probably the have, quickness, he's with the power, have 30. with the forty-seven points and thirty-six with rebounds. The quickness, uh, and he's gonna get in his head. Ben Simmons. He'll probably talk about his afro or something. Just get in his head. Some ridiculous. I wouldn't one. be surprised if Markel Fultz or TJ McConnell had a great game because they're a guard. And I believe JJ Redick is going JJ to be Redick, the person JJ to light Redick's them up. Go in my opinion, with about six to seven three pointers. And on to the most exciting part of the episode, hopefully the third, well, the second that you're hearing, the third we're giving out. Okay, so remember when our bet was Karis LeVert against D'Angelo Russell? Remember that is still the third week of the season? Well, Karis LeVert had won the first one, and now he has two. Joe Harris won the second one. Joe Harris was very close on to this one. He was a him and Dinwiddie were two A two B behind we went, Levert. We went back and forth. Dinwiddie's was solely because of the game winner against yeah, the Pistons. If there was a Brooklyn Bowler of the game for the Pistons, it was him clearly. But the week, not so much. Joe Harris, he had his ups and downs. Levert is just always there. It's not looking. I admit, it's not looking good for that bet for me right now. But we're three weeks through the season, and I think I Levert, won the bet. Levert, okay, let's okay. Calm so down, I'll buddy. just say that over the next <laughs> past four games, Karis Levert has averaged eighteen point eight points, three point eight rebounds, five assists, one point eight steals, two point three threes on forty five percent shooting in thirty two minutes. Not much more you can ask from him. He's only averaging 1.8 turnovers, too, so the big turnovers, is that the person you want handling the ball? Well, he's not getting turnovers anymore. As I said, it will come with experience. Now he's taking care of the ball. He's being efficient. He's doing everything right. Are are, are you done? The one thing he has to work on is defense. Excuse me. And and now that I've won the bet, I will tell you that I will tell you your punishment in advance. Okay, later. Your punishment when the time comes is you have to paint... Karis, paint to paint. To paint not right. Karis Lavert on your torso, <laughs> and and post a picture on Instagram or Twitter. Okay. Do I so get to I'm choose not, the social media of my choice? No. So Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> okay. But one on both. Okay. 
straight either on your back or your torso. It's up to I'll you. go with torso. I'll go with torso. I'll wear it proud. All okay, right. so I didn't have a punishment. But if D'Lo wins, you have to write D'Angelo with the with the apostrophe. Okay. D'Angelo Russell, ice in my veins on your D'Angelo Russell on your torso, ice in my veins on your hand on your veins. Okay. And you have to take a picture and put it on Instagram and Twitter. I mean, I'm not going to lose, so I don't really care, but okay. sure. Keep, everyone, please keep in mind. I'm it's so the, positive. It's the third week. I'm so positive that I'm not going to lose this bet. I'm so positive. Like, I've never been more sure about something in my entire life than this garbage <laughs> that he's throwing out Remember me. this. I think Dinwiddie might end up with more than D'Lo, but that's for another day. I'll make that bet, too. No, because no, I'm that not bet. doubling down. So then on your back, you can write Spencer <laughs> Dinwiddie. <laughs> On your back, you can write Spencer Dinwiddie. No? no you don't want to make no, it? I'm going to stick with this one as it's a guaranteed victory. Okay. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Thank you guys for listening. We really do appreciate it. Make sure to leave your review on iTunes. Like I said, you can look us up at hoop-ball.com or hoopballnets. Leave your review. Everyone's getting read on the podcast. And if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, our, the podcast's Twitter is at HoopBallNets. Our individual Twitter is I'm at Najee Adams underscore. If you don't know how to spell Najee, N-A-J-E-E Adams underscore. Hunter. At Hunter underscore J-K-R on Twitter. But yeah, that's it for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.